Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, if you it is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast all about anime and anime-related stuff. But before we get to the meat of what we'll be talking about, I just want to warn you if you're first tuning in that this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I do this about once a season, usually somewhere Towards the beginning of the season, I try and wait until all the stuff is out so I've seen enough stuff to kind of bring together my personal seasonal watch journey, whatever. And this is by no means the only stuff that I may watch in a season. It's just the stuff that I know that once I watch an episode or two, usually two, I just know I'm going to watch the whole thing. And... The reason I do this is, A, to hold myself accountable so, like, you remember, like, oh, hey, didn't he watch that? Why didn't he talk about that? That lazy idiot. And last time, because I'm me, I'll do things like, I don't know, watch something for two, three episodes, and then just not watch it. My brain will be like, you love this. Why don't you not watch it, you absolute moron? So this keeps me a little bit accountable to anybody out there listening to me. But... It also, it also gives you an idea of, like, what I see out there that's interesting. And what I find really interesting this season is the three shows that I've picked are all pretty main, I think, pretty mainstream shows. You can say I'm up a wall, but I think they're pretty mainstream shows. They're, they're shows that are, well, with the exception of one, really, that doesn't really need the advertising. They're all... Show first of all, two of them are sequels. They're second seasons of things, but they're they all seem like shows that have had a lot of play in the media. Like you'll you'll have heard of every you you won't be hearing like any shows like the like the RPG apartment show that I talked about a couple seasons back. Like that that's a weird little niche thing. That's not what I've gravitated towards this season at least doesn't mean I won't watch something like that and I have watched and talked about stuff like that but it just means this season my tastes have somehow lined up to be a little bit more mainstream (laughs) one show that I will not be talking about but I will mention here in areas of promoting a video that it inspired but it but it's not about it is the new adaptation of the of Veroni Kenshin is currently coming out if you don't know anything about Veroni Kenshin's history a i couldn't get into it on the video on the youtube channel but Veroni Kenshin's creator was convicted of possession of child pornography at this point many years ago and he's still alive which means that any adaptation of what he of his work of a work that many people including me consider to be a really good thing like it's it's a it's a prestigious historically historical fantasy for whom the creator is just a toxic trash ball like, should not be touched with a 10-foot pole. And the most recent Sunday edition I did, which is all about, which is entitled Sunday edition, we should be getting new stuff. 
or I think I called it, we should be getting new shit. Because why is a lot of talent and effort and money being poured into something that's been made, I want to say four times before the current, the current, the current anime adaptation of Veroni Kenshin is A, this is the weirdest part, like shot for shot from the original anime adaptation from the first one. And B, it's the fifth adaptation at least of this property. There are at least, actually it might be the sixth. There are at least two to three live action things. I think two, I think two live action movies and one live action OVA like series, like limited series thing. Because they don't call them OVAs and live action. They call them limited series. With quotes, with giant quote fingers around it. But then there is Samurai X, which is the like much more high production value anime OVA. And then there's the original Roroni Kenshin that lots of us probably all remember watching in like late afternoon on a tsunami block somewhere. Like, what are we doing? Spend that stuff, spend that effort, money, and talent, and sweat, and blood weight on something else. If you want further thoughts on that, you can go check out the YouTube channel. I always leave links to the YouTube channel and all of the, and all of the relevant, all my relevant socials in the description of every podcast. You can just go, just open up the notes for this, for this episode, and you'll be able to click those links. I also want to encourage you, if you listen to this podcast and you are on threads because you did not want to go on Twitter because Twitter is a goddamn nightmare hellfire lately. I'm on threads. I would appreciate a follow. I like to think I'm a good follow. I talk about anime. And if you like me on this podcast, you will like me on threads. I can kind of guarantee that almost. But... So that link will also be in the description of this episode. On that note, let's get to what we're talk what I'm talking about this week, and that is actually this will be end up being a shorter episode than normal because of just the subject matter. That is what I'm watching this season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anime considered. Lunchbox Radio. Now... I mentioned I mentioned earlier that I am watching stuff that's pretty mainstream. So here's what I want to talk about in order. And the things I want to talk about in order are 
actually the second season of Mashoku of Mashoko Tensai or Jobless Reincarnation. That's that's the thing I kind of knew as soon as I stopped fin- finished that show a couple seasons back. I'm like, I'm, whenever the second part of this comes out, I will. I'm I'm just I'm hooked into this thing now. And you can go listen to my review of of Jobless Reincarnation Mashoko Tensai. Um, in whatever podcast using the listen to me app using the listen to me right now, it's it's in the feed there somewhere. But I have a whole episode devoted to that thing and why I think it's cool as hell and all that stuff. Um, and that that includes like the like weird, the weird perviness of the show notwithstanding is what I'll say. But that's the so that's the first show I want to talk about. The second show I want to talk about is the second season of Jujutsu Kaisen. Or or I like to think about it. Jujutsu Kaisen, Back to the Past, Super Nasty Edition. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a little spiel about that. But also, I the last show that I'm going to talk about is Zom 100, a show that I managed to not do to myself what I'm currently doing to myself. With with that with the upcoming show in the September season, um, meaning the winter season, Freyren. But on that note, let's get into our first like thing that I'm watching, which is Jobless Reincarnation. Now, if you haven't seen Jobless Reincarnation, it is it is unique in the fact that it is considered to be the progenitor of the isekai genre meaning it's like it's the granddaddy show and you can see and what so many people see in the in its kind of like sameness to other isekai shows is because it's the first thing that it's the first thing that did that like it's the first light novel that did the die and go to another world but the thing that the like tropes that exist in this die and go to another world genre don't exist in Mashoku Tensei just yet. Mashoku Tensei in Jobless Reincarnation, it it's really about somebody who's around my age, which makes it at some point hard for me to just want to continue watching this show because I'm like, I got to remember this guy's 34. He's the same age as me. And that makes me feel worse for him when bad shit happens to him. But long short of it is, is basically this guy who was through, who was basically tortured by the, by modern day life in Japan became a hikikomori and ultimately he dies. And he doesn't die by like getting hit by a truck when he's going out for, like, steam buns or some bullshit. He just kind of pathetically dies. And he's reincarnation... He's reincarnated... Reincarnated... Reincarnated as a, as a baby. Like, he's basically literally reborn as this child of these, like... low-level aristocrat family as their, as their child... As their one and only child at their at their first child first child is the key point there at their first child named Rudius Gray Rat and the first season is about the kind of start of his journey and then 
I, I, at first it's about like him being an old guy, being a 30-something in like a nothing-something body. And all, and there's like lots of lewd humor, and there's a, there's a lot more lewd humor than needs to be in this show. In this show, at the beginning, but as it goes on, it certainly it keeps some of that. It keeps some of it. It this show will always have some of it. He, Rudius will always carry around a pair of his teacher's underwear. Like it, it will just always have that. But it moves pretty quickly, actually, in terms of how long the story seems to be interested in going. I haven't read the light novels. Away from the kind of, like, lascivious, lewd, gross, weird moments in the show. And the weird moments in the show even serve the, like... They serve this purpose of reminding, like, oh yeah, this kid isn't, like... This kid isn't the age everyone thinks this kid is. This kid is actually a 34-year-old in a kid's body. So, like, he's wandering around, and, like, he doesn't stumble in on his parents having sex. He straight up watches. He just watches. And <laughs> everybody's like, oh, this is gross. And and in the back of my head, I'm like, this is, this is kind of the point. This is, like, this is this character being gross in a way that he will find out pretty quickly, and he does find out pretty quickly. It's gross. It's, like, it's bad. But as the show progresses, it, he starts to realize, like, hey, I'm not... Like, this is... This doesn't have to be fun. And, this doesn't have to be, like, a repeat of what my life was. I get a chance. I get a, I'm getting a do-over. I should take it, and I should take the knowledge I have just about being a human walking around in a world and do my best to be a better person than I was before. And a lot of this show is about him doing his best to do that. And in that, in the final like episodes of the first season, you see his relationship with his father and you see him recognize that his father is younger than his father is younger than he was when he died in his original life. And he recognizes a lot of the, like, early 30s, late 20s, like, misplaced bravado bullshit that he had, that he was going through when he was, a, like, a 34-year-old deeply struggling with the world in his father and he's, like, genuinely impressed and proud of just, like, straight up his dad. <laughs> because the thing about the show is it makes it pretty clear that, like, these are his, this, these, this set of parents is his second set of parents. Like, in, in his, like, lifetime kind of thing. And then the show has this, basically, in the middle of the first season, has this cataclysmic event has a cataclysmic event that flips the entire show on its head, changes everything around, is so much different than you imagine. And the show becomes such a different thing than it was. And it kind of happens a little bit after first third, but then it happens majorly after the second third. And the last third is essentially Rudius literally trying to find his family 
and trying to navigate the world and having to grow up in what had become a really fucked up scenario. And he does. And after he finds his father, after he finds his after he finds his father, after he finds his maid and his maid and his half sister who's who's Father is his father, and the, and his, whose mother is the maid. After he finds his father and his full sister, he has to go find his mother. So the thing I like about this show is the show it's pretty good at telegraphing you when it's about telegraphing to you when it's about to fuck up your emotion, and when it's about to fuck up your emotions, something good. And that, what I mean by that is that it, it it gives you the vibe of bad stuff is about to happen to these characters. Just get ready. But then the bad stuff isn't, like, isn't so catastrophic that it's like, oh, the world is dead and there is no life for like a month after you see it for these characters. It, they make sure to, they make sure when it's a human level thing to explain it, when it's a natural level phenomenon, to just not, to just not. Like the big cataclysmic event that happens, just not explained at all with no remorse. They just don't explain it, but they're also like, we can't, you can't do anything about it. So all these characters have to deal with that thing. The, but the things that, character do to other characters the emotional beats that a character inflicts on another character and i don't want to spoil this that chain that change other characters are explained and they're explained in a like a full understood comprehensive way so by the time you get to season two and i encourage you to not drop in on season two if you have not seen season one they add another puzzle piece into the mix, but everything works, everything fits, and if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know one of the things I love about traditional week-to-week shonen anime, I'm talking about like old-school Dragon Ball the and, and Dragon Ball, old-school Bleach, like the old-school sect of anime, is I... Love the fact that they take so long to tell their story, they have to world build in ways that make no fucking sense, that should not be needed. Perfect example of this I always give, because the perfect example is, in the Naruto universe, you know exactly how they deliver the mail in Ninja Villages. Why? Why do we know that? Why do we know any of that shit? It's not important. It's barely even relevant but it is a detail that like gives you like a world you can latch on to and it seems strange but it's part of world building as a skill is to like pay it to pay some amount of attention to like what does it look like for the mail to get delivered in this universe what what did refrigeration look like what did this or that look like and the thing about Mashoko Tensei is they do something really incredible and they've continued it with a different song that I'm sure will be etched into my soul as well in in the show is that they 
they get rid of what you would traditionally think of an of as an OP, and what they do instead is they just give you vibes. They give you vibe shots. They give you short animated cut vibe shots for for about the length of a standard anime opening. And what it does is it builds the world around you, and it 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 oftentimes features the main character. But it's not. It doesn't focus on them. It focuses on the world that Rudius is in. It focuses on the world that any of the characters you know are in. And in doing that, it it grounds you. It pull. It pulls you into its world, and it makes it real. Because you didn't just see like, oh, they said they were going someplace, and all of a sudden they're shopping for armor in that place. You see them ride in on their giant lizard creature. And, like, have to pass through inspections and shit. Like, you see... When... When... In the second season, when Rudius takes a job... Cleaning up a... Ta- the ta- Like, the ta- a town square... Like, of snow... You see him doing that. And, like, they show you little details all over the place. Not just of him... But of, like, bystanders. Of nature. Of all this... Diff- of all these different things... That combined to make the atmosphere of the show that combined to help tell the story of what this kid is going through because the big secret about Mashoku, that Mashoku Tensei gets so much more right than so many other isekai shows is it acknowledges that the main character who was who died and was re- resurrected didn't really have a fair shot at growing up like he never he never truly grew up he the world punched him in the face so hard that he completely withdrew and completely like fell apart in such a way that there was it's not that was that there was ever no coming back and what and what his character is kind of doing through his journey as a new person, literally and figuratively, is he's realizing like I could have, like I, I could have done this. I could have like pulled my shit together. It wouldn't have been easy. It would have been like pulling teeth at times. But I could have been a, a different thing than I, a different way than I was by by choice. It would have to be a really intentional and focused choice, but that, like, that choice. As somebody who has currently decided to make some real choices, including, I mean, if you listen to the Sunday show, you know this already, I'm going to Japan in December, which I know is not the best time to go, but it's the time I want, I wanted to go before I was 35, I'm 34, and so I'm going just before I'm 35. I would like to go on my birthday month because that's also my friend Kie's birthday month. Hi, Kie! But we can hang out anytime as long as I'm there because she's not allowed to be here for legal reasons. That's what I'll say. You can read into that what you want. Woo, spooky. Yes, Kie, I'm making you out to be the Gokurohime that I always think of you as in my head, which is, which is hilarious because you're super not that. Although you're a little that you're a little you're a little lone sharky, my girl. Um, but um, I'm sure I'm sure you'll hit me for that if you listen to this when I show up 
at your door. <laughs> but, um, so it's just, it's a thing that I enjoy coming back to because it's something that doesn't, that it's a show that makes you watch it and it's a show that respects you for watching it. And if you have, if you, if you've been put off by the, like the lewdness of the show, just know that it does have some purpose. It's not solely there to be gross, but also it's not, it's not the, it's not the thing. People will call it out because it's so, it's, it's, in the moment when it's like being pumped into your eyeballs, it feels so much more graphic than it is. It, it feels so much more graphic than, than most stuff you see in it, even in anime. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But it's it's there to serve the point of like this guy is this guy is thirty four, and he doesn't have much life experience. So of course his parents in like the medieval fantasy universe who just bang every night. Mostly because their dad, like his father, is kind of a shitbag. It's like. By the end of the first season, his father is certainly, like, on his way to being less of a shitbag. But his father is, like, a self-righteous shitbag who, like, deeply needs to be the guy who bangs every night. <laughs> to, in a way that is not good, ultimately. But definitely go listen to that first episode about Machoko Tensai about Jobless Reincarnation. I will be definitely talking about the second season whenever it ends, but that's the first show that I'm talking about. The second show I want to talk about is, is once again, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Or like I said in the intro, Jujutsu Kaisen Down and Dirty Edition, or whatever I called it. But the reason why I think about it, about, about it as Down and Dirty Edition is because Jujutsu Kaisen has a, Jujutsu Kaisen has a really unique, well, not totally unique, but interesting concept of creation. Jujutsu Kaisen was originally what the um, Jujutsu Kaisen, the Jujutsu Kaisen prequel chapter was. That was basically a test to be like, do people like this? That was Gege Akatami being like, I think I have a thing here. Do I have a thing here? Can you let me know if I have a thing here? And people were like, yes. We love that. More, please. And then he fleshed it out like crazy and created the current like timeline for Jujutsu Kaisen. That has a lot to do with the... That is mixed in with the other two... With the other parts of the timeline. Meaning, the kind of beginning... The kind of middle part is... What became the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie? Chronologically, the story in the story, what happens first is what we're seeing on this in the second season. 
So that is Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, the last show I want to talk about on this list is, lastly, Zom 100 Z- Bucket List of the Dead. I, I always, like, mess that because it has Zom 100 and then, like, Zombie Ni Naru, Made Ni Shita 100, Nokoto, which is, that was oddly well pronounced for me, but it's Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead, and this show follows a main character who starts a new job, and as is not uncommon for your first big corporate job, the job sucks. The job is just bad. It's just bad. It just, it, but it's bad in the way that like a soul-sucking, awful, toxic corporate work environment can be, and which is interesting because on they talk about that a lot on the, as of recording, that's the most recent, AnCast from the Anime News Network, and they mentioned that that environment might be. Pointing at OLM, the studio behind most of the Pokemon series, anime anime adaptations, which is, and bug films, the people doing it, are all people who've, like, jumped ship from OLM, which is fucking alright, let's do this, let okay, this is, this is fucked up, um, in a way that's pretty, pretty on the nose. But as speaking somebody who worked, like, speaking as somebody who worked that shitty, that in that kind of toxic and work work environment in my life, I don't currently, but I have worked in work environments that are that kind of like self destructive and fucked up and weird. In in the American way, not in the Japanese way, which I'm sure is slightly worse because of their work culture and their drinking culture and the whole because of their cult because of their culture towards productivity and all that stuff. But it sucks. But also, it's really hard to like. It can be hard to walk away from. And because you're because you're told you have to have a job, you need to work, and because society is set up the way you those things are also true it can get really hard it it can almost be harder to think about finding a better job instead of staying in the one that you have because finding a better job requires so much more effort than staying in the one that you have especially when the one that you have it's just draining the fucking life out of you like a vampire and that's clearly what's happened to our main character in this show but um And then the zombie apocalypse happens, and he's free, and it's it's glorious. And I, so I've always, I've never really liked horror stuff because I, somebody with a really vivid imagination, and I just know it, like, a horror movie, a, a good evil, like, evil horror movie will give me nightmares for months, just months. Like, I've, I, it'll be hard for me to sleep for a couple months, probably. But zombie comic, zombie movies started as started as kind of a horror making commentary on reality, and at some point they started to really shift into straight up full on commentary on 
whatever's happening in the world. And then you have things like High School of the Dead. You have things like... Like, Song Korea. You have things like... Even even something like... Uh, um, Actually, not Ugly Americans. That's a totally out of left field one. Never mind. But also, that has zombies in it. And Randall is very funny. But in... High school, high in High School of the Dead, is that show is quiet is not so quietly brilliant, I think, and I'm not alone in that. Je- Jeff Sue from Mother's Basement also also agrees with me on the fact that um, High School of the Dead is quietly a ma- is not so quietly a goddamn masterpiece. Deal with it, but because it became commentary, it at some point in certain ways lost its. Not necessarily lost it, but kind of wasn't used as a plot device very often. And here, it's used as a plot device to set the main character free. And on every level. So, the sequence where you find out that his job is like a toxic work, uh, like deeply fucked up and toxic work environment that affects everyone who works there on some, on some, in some way or another, is really... Is soul crushing on one level, realistic on another level, but also it sets up a. It sets up a. Scenario for him to truly. For the main character to be a truly free person. So I'll just so spoiler for the fir- for the first, episode of Zom One Hundred. For a for a specific storyline, the main character. Why he's working, it's like, comes to the realization, like, this place sucks. This place definitely sucks, right? And then he says, but there's one beacon of light. And it's this really attractive, really beautiful, like, secretary, like, uh, like uh, office assistant. Who just kind of, who stands out in this, in this show's, like, initial setting because... Everything around, everybody around her is just in the dumps at all fucking times. And they're doing, like, too much work, making too little money, and it's all fucked up all the time. And then there's her. And she's just kind of nice to everybody. And not nice, and, like, nice, she's nice to the main character because he's the new guy. And she probably feels bad because, like, just, just... You've got, when you work in an environment like as toxic as this show just depicts its work environment, you know, and you genuinely feel bad for anyone who joins you in the endeavor because it's just going to suck. So at least at first, you are usually more nice, nicer to them. But, and I want to be clear here, this is not this woman's fault. This is not, this is not something that this woman is doing on purpose to our poor main character at this point. Or at this point, the poor main character. This woman is not just a office assistant, she's also the boss's mistress. And, like, very publicly the boss's mistress. And what I mean by that is, and I'm, this is me speaking as somebody who used to work for a cokehead who would come who and whose desk was across, like, less than 100 feet away from the office bathroom and I used to see him come in go turn the corner go into the bathroom 
and I would hear him puke. I would just hear him puke for a couple minutes every morning. It was fucked. I would vast prefer that over this, over the, not even somebody who I had a crush on. Like, uh, I didn't have a crush on Chelsea or, or certainly not the other graphic designer girl who snaked after my job because she just did, she didn't recognize like, oh, this place is bad. I shouldn't want to work here. But I, I didn't have a crush on anybody, but what I did, what I do understand is like seeing somebody who's like also on this desert, who feels like they're also on this desert island with you, and then realizing you're still on it alone. And what happens there is, is you're led to understand that. He's already had the shock, but he's providing the shock for you, the audience member, as as he's monologuing about his life in his head. You see this woman; she's really kind to him. She helps him with some papers he dropped. That that they drop. That she She he helps her with some papers that she drops when he bump. That they both drop when they bump into each other, and she says bye. And then, and this is like an innocuous interaction at first. The the like, the boss comes out of Austin and he says, like, can I see you for a second? And she's like, sure. And he goes into his office and they immediately start banging. They start, like, and, like, up against the window of the door fucking. And he's just like, and the one bright spot in this office is also fucking the boss. So that, that's, that's not great for this scenario either. And what they do with that ultimately is when the zombie apocalypse happens and he re- and he realizes and becomes a ju- jubilant because he realizes he doesn't have to go to work. And he's like a way out of work, a way out of the monotony, not just the monotony, because the monotony is one thing, but like boredom of going to work is one thing that everybody can kind of deal with. Everybody, kind, some people even kind of like. It's when it's like a toxic soul-chewing nightmare scenario like this job was that you become you you become truly depressed you don't like you, it drains you of all the energy to do anything anyway and it also doesn't give you anything back for that ask he's like you know what it's a zombie apocalypse I don't want to and he makes this, and eventually he, he makes this list, the, the bucket list of the dead, of 100 things he wants to do be, before he becomes a zombie. But the first thing that he really wants to do is tell this, is tell the girl who he has a crush on, like his, his first love, his first crush as an adult, his first like love as an adult, unrequited love as an adult, that he has feelings for her, if she's alive. He, so he gets on his bike and he speeds like a madman to her apartment, gets in her apartment, once again, spoilers for this whole thing, and he opens the apartment, and there's the big, fat, festering, now zombie, turd of a boss, staring him down when he opens, when he realizes the apartment door is open. And he takes this guy out out like a fucking light just immediately 
tackles him. Rugby, literally rugby tackles him through the, her window. And he still has hope. He's like, oh, maybe I just saved her. Maybe this is good. He looks around. He looks over. And she is in a state of undress like they were having a good time, her and the boss. And she's a zombie too. And at first he's sad. And then he realizes, like, well, don't always get... He... He realizes that you don't always get everything you want. That freedom from that whole scenario meant freedom from her, too. Like, she was part of the weird hell that would de- that had developed in his life. Was always going to vanish with it. And then he just, like, runs hell back. And then he just truly free and that's when he makes the ultimate bucket list of the dead and it's just it's just it's like it's a really good it's just a really good cathartic time if you've ever I encourage you to watch at least the first two episodes if you've ever watched a if you've ever worked a truly toxic job for a truly toxic boss this will feel cathartic to you. Like, the first part will be like, oh, I know what this is. I've been in this scenario. This blows. And the second part will be what you always wished would happen. Or maybe currently wish would happen. And it's just... That... That initial framing, I think, might be able to carry the whole show and story through to its end because it's this destruction of a society that was not that was kind of rotten that in the way and this is true of actually true of all three of all three of the shows that I talk about here but it's true of the shows that I of a lot of anime right now a lot of anime is looking at a lot of anime is doing its best to act as a mirror a Japanese society and say, are you happy with this? Is this what is this what we all want? Is this what we all signed on for? You know, is this fucked up is this fucked up idea of employment and work what we want for ourselves? Is it okay? Is it healthy? Probably not. What is is it okay that like there is quite so much hate and anguish in the world? And and is is it okay that you carry that with you? And what and what productive purpose could you put that towards? That the first thing I said was towards Psalm one hundred. That's towards Jujutsu Kaisen. What does it look like to start over from scratch after you've had a life that that not that not only did you fail at, but that also in equal, if not greater parts, failed you. What does it mean to be somebody who didn't necessarily super want to get give up on the world, but was at every point encouraged to? And then get another shot at it, and what would you do if you had that shot? That's what Jobless Reincarnation is about. And in the last, in like the last episodes of the first season... 
they show you a flashback of the of the guy who would become um Rudius. And he says, he's like, looking back on it, I could have gone and apologized to my friend. Like, I could have gone and, like, I could have gone back to school and I could have put up with it and I could have done all this stuff. I just didn't. And, but he also, but the show also makes it pretty clear, he just didn't and the world didn't really make, didn't make it any easier for him to make that choice. And on that note, that's what I'm watching this season. I'm obviously probably watching other stuff. You'll hear other stuff from me about older shows, newer shows, current shows, all that stuff. As I, you know, find things. And I'm not committing to talking about any of these. Although I pro- with in this particular slice, I will probably talk about all of them. Because I find them all pretty interesting. Dom 100 is the only one that's up in the air because I don't know how that's going to go after the, like, shock of, yeah, I'm out of work wears off. But we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But if you like this episode, new episodes of the podcast come out every every Wednesday, Thursday, and every other Sunday. Wednesday is a more is a new straight up new show that I do using a jet a a robotic generated voice, um, because I'm bad at reading news stories. <laughs> um, but I still want to do a new show that covers things in the news in in the anime industry that don't get covered as much as ooh they released a new visual for the next episode of whatever or ooh Sadara got a glow up post this was an actual one I saw ooh Sadara got a glow up post time skip in Boruto honestly and I'm being being sincere here who cares like why why is that why my point in making the new show was how is that more valuable to us as anime fans than the fact that there was a big old data leak at, from in the Shonen Jump Plus app? That's a bigger deal than, ooh, Sadra looks different now that she's older. Surprise, surprise. Um, but... Um, so that's the Wednesday shows. Thursday shows usually a lot less like this. Usually it's more um, a show about one individual show or or movie or something like that. Sometimes a manga even. And the Sunday show every other Sunday I do as a YouTube video over on the channel over on the podcast YouTube channel. The link will be in the the description and notes of this episode. But that is looking at bigger topics in the anime industry in art and in all that stuff so until next time i have been alex this has been lunchbox radio and i will talk to you on thursday